0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Grab your Bibles th- uh, today, which is going to title this sermon The Church. Part one just The Church. Ephesians chapter number one, verses 16 through. We're going to go down to about 23. Paul is talking about a prayer that he begins to pray for the church. He said in 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And now he describes his prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul said, I'm praying for you that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I'm praying also, look at 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, somebody shout far above. Not just above, but so far above. He is so much more powerful. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion In every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Somebody read it with me. To the church. 23. To the church, which is to the church. Which is, are you catching it? I want you to get this for where we're going. To the church, which is his body. The church is the body of Jesus. What good is a head without arms? What good is a head, a mind, a thinking mind without an avenue of expression? It's a powerful thing, all right, but I need an avenue to express what I'm thinking. Jesus does the thinking. We do the expressing. Amen? We need to get past that we do the thinking. He said, I will build my church. Amen? Not us. He will build it. But he has to have hands to build it with. Amen? He has to have feet to walk with. He has to have a mouth to speak with. Are you following me? Amen. That may sound so simple, but you got to get it. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, I want you to be seated and I want you to look at the screen. Nisha, I want you to give me those last two scriptures, 22 and 23, in the Amplified Bible. Now, I need you to be taking notes. I need you to put some kind of reminder in your phone while I'm preaching so I don't have to digress when we start teaching this. Uh, most all the Sunday morning teaching and preaching that comes out of this pulpit over the next few months is going to be along this line. I'm going I'm to see to that. Josh is going to help me see to that. That it's, it's along this line, so I need you to, to write down something that'll make you remember. I wanna read those last two scriptures that I just read out of the Amplified Bible to give you a little better understanding. Look at it with me. It says, And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him, talking about Jesus, has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. A headship exercised throughout the church. I have a really, really stay right there, Nisha. thank you. I have a really, really close friend. He was my best friend nearly all through school that had an accident and broke his neck and become a quadriplegic to this day. And just the time I spent with him, to me, the most frustrating thing For someone in this condition, he was brilliant. Everything he did, he was good at. Still, still brilliant. Mechanic, carpenter, just just a brilliant guy. Everything he touched, he just knew what to do and how to do. But one of the most frustrating things to have so much up here and not be able to get this to respond. Can you imagine the frustration of wanting to reach and cannot? Wanting to scratch and cannot. Wanting to walk and cannot. I mean, I don't even know if we can wrap our minds around it. Well, according to this scripture here, Jesus is the head. He's the leader. But if he can't get his body to respond to his heart, Oh, my God, is anybody with me to his mind? Can you imagine if it's possible, please forgive me, Lord Jesus, if it's possible for him to be frustrated, how frustrating it must be to have so much up here, amen, but have entrusted you and I to be the expression thereof. Do you know why the demons, when Jesus cast them out of legion, said, Lord, don't don't throw us back into the abyss. Allow us to go there. Because a spirit needs a body to express its feelings. And there's nothing no more tormenting to have feelings and not be able to express them. It's torment to even a demon to have so much evil to dole out, but not have a victim or a person through which he can dole it out. Am I making this? So that's why they said, let us go into something. We need some avenue of expression. This scripture just blows me out of the water. He said, I'm the head, and I've called the church, amen, to exercise my headship, to be an expression of it. Next verse. 23 says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Look at this. For in that body, somebody shout, church. For in that body leals the full measure of Jesus. In that body leals the full measure of Him who makes everything complete and who fills everything, everywhere with Himself. Somebody shout, the church. He has to have the church. He cannot do it without the church. Somebody said, well, if God wants to, he can come down. Oh, no, no. He set that precedence in Genesis. Oh, no, no, he can't. He can't because he said, let's make men in our image and let's give them dominion over the face of the earth and let's let them have the rule over our hands. God said, let's give man the privilege to co-partner with us and to co-labor with us and we'll be the brain and they'll be the body. No wonder Satan came in, Zach, and tried to destroy him. He said, I'll stop him. All I got to do now, I don't have to stop God. I can't whip God. All I got to do is stop Adam. All I got to do is stop the body. So all I got to do is stop the body. And then, then God would be in torment. Wow. And then God wouldn't be able to express himself to the world that's all I gotta do all I gotta do is stop the church stop the church turn with me now to the book of uh, uh, Matthew chapter number 5 I allowed you to be seated for a reason just so you wouldn't be on your feet Matthew chapter number 5 verse number 13 says that was deep I'm always saying deep stuff I told my wife the other day, I said, I'll, I'll be home when I get home. She said, wow. She, she's always amazed at me. What's so funny? And I said, not only will I be home when I get home, but I will not be home a second sooner than I get home. Oh, it's getting better all the time, huh? <laughs> y'all just love me being your pastor because you're already getting good stuff to tweet. Y'all are writing that stuff down, ain't you? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're the salt. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 13 says, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. hmm But to be cast out and trodden under the foot of man. Let me help you right now. Let me just do an exegetical exposition right now, and then maybe I'll preach. But listen to this. You you got your Bible open to that scripture right there or on the screen. You are the salt of the earth. Salt is a Jewish idiom for wisdom. See if you don't. If you this Western culture, we miss this stuff. Salt is a Jewish idiom for wisdom. That's why your Bible says, you remember that scripture in your Bible it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know. Right? That you may know what you ought to answer, every person. So, in other words, he was he was referring salt to using some wisdom. You're to look at your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you. You better salt that conversation down. Oh, my God, that'll teach. You need to put some salt on that stuff. An <laughs> old-timer said, you better salt them words because you may have to eat them later. So salt is an idiom of wisdom. Look at this. I'm just going to drop this nugget in you. Salt is an idiom for wisdom. So when he's, he's talking about uh, you are the salt of the earth, he's literally saying you, 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 you are the wisdom of the earth. You are the revelation of the earth. You, you, you are the information of the earth. Now catch this. He said, now if the salt, underline this in your Bible or mark it in your phone, if it loses its savor. Now don't laugh because this ain't funny. The word savor there actually comes from the Greek word more eno," More. Eno, it's where we get the word moron. I told y'all not to laugh. (laughs) Moron. Moron literally means, it's where we get our English word moron. And in the Greek, it means to make foolish. We just said salt represents wisdom. So if you lose your wisdom... If you lose your expression of revelation, if you lose your expression of insight, if you allow the world to make you foolish, it actually means, if you're taking notes, to make dumb or silent. So it actually carries the idea of to be shut up, to shut up. Somebody say he's talking about the church. So this scripture is literally saying, you are the salt. You are the revelation. You are the voice of reason and wisdom that influences the earth into a heavenly culture. Come on now. You are the means of revelation of the things of the heavenly father. So if you lose that... If you lose that insight into God, if you lose that influence about you that you are a reflection of God, he said, then the church is good for nothing. Uh, Is anybody with me on this teaching? In other words, uh, amen, This, this is a spirit of influence that if we lose it, we're not good for anything else. There's, oh, my God, help me right now. Amen. He said, if you, the church, lose that position of influence in your world, then it's good for nothing. In other words, the church has no other purpose than to expose the world to God. God, help me. We have no other purpose. We have no other purpose than to be an influence. The purpose of the church is to be a heavenly influence in an earthly realm. And he said, there there ain't no plan B for the church. This is your design purpose. And if the devil can rob you of your influence, uh, there's no, there's not a backup plan for the world. The church is the only, there's not another knight in shining armor. There's not another set of paramedics. It's you. It's the church. Come on, shake your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you. Tell him. Tell him it's the church. It's you. And if you lose that wisdom, if you lose that revelation, if you lose the understanding of who God is, he said, then I've got you. I've got the world. Oh, my God, I've got the world. And now the church has been dumb It's been silenced because we're not brave enough to speak it or we're not close enough, God, to hear it. He said, if the salt loses its savor, it might well be trodden under the foot of man. And I'm telling you, a lot of our churches need to be shut down. They need to be turned into a bingo hall because we're misrepresenting who God is because the world sees the church as the representatives of a holy God and we're giving him a bad reputation. No, y'all gonna have to go with me in this message. We're giving him a bad reputation with our anger and our temper tantrums and our short-sightedness and the lack of long-suffering and there is no mercy flowing out of the house. Amen. Now 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 we're we're going to get to the positive side of this message, but we've got to expose it for what it is before we can get there. Are you with me? Amen. He said, if that salt loses it, it ain't good for nothing else. Matter of fact, it comes a detriment. It's so not it's so not multi-purpose that you can't just turn it around and use it for anything else. He said it's good for nothing but to be thrown out. To be thrown out. Amen. Have we become so carnal-minded that we can't express the emotions of God anymore? Have we become so carnal that he has no avenue of expression, his love to the unlovable, his mercy to, the, to, to, to those who we think don't deserve mercy? Come on, I need some help with this message. It's hard enough to have to preach it. Amen. Have we become so carnal, amen, that, that, that we're not loving what God loves and hating what God hates and embracing what God embraces and pushing back what God pushes back? Wow. He said, you, you're the influence. God, you are the salt of the earth. Can I help somebody right now? He didn't speak this to the White House. He spoke it to the church house. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, uh, anti-independent, in-between, confused. It don't matter to me, amen? Because God never established a government to bring restoration to an eternal kingdom. The double shy. They don't have the power. They don't have the wisdom. They don't have the ability. Amen. Maybe we need to quit pointing our finger at the White House and start checking the church house. Oh, somebody ought to help me right now. But we don't realize we are the salt of the earth. Not our president. We are. We are the salt. We're the elements of influence. I'm I'm not supposed to let the world influence me. I'm supposed to influence it. My God, my God. I'm not supposed to let the culture of this world determine the culture in this house. This house is supposed... Oh, my God, y'all help me this morning. We should be establishing a heavenly culture that shines a light in the dark place. That puts a little salt, because salt is a preservative. It will preserve things that we have lost that have become cankered and corrupt. Hey, man, I don't want to to capitalize on a horrific event. Amen. But it's in the minds of everybody and pastors are scurrying around. Amen. Trying to get game plans together so some uh, some demoralized individual under the influence of the devil can't walk into our sanctuaries and begin mass murdering and killing. And Pastors are getting together and they're having seminars of how can we protect our people? How can we protect ourselves? Amen. And they Probably should be doing that to use wisdom, but may I submit to you every Sunday a terrorist walks in this house every Sunday, amen. You may not see the side you may not see the gun he's carrying, but he comes in this house and he's out to take you out and to take you out and to take you out. And there's mass murder in the body of Christ every Sunday, and we did not. What if we got as prepared for that enemy as we get prepared for the physical enemy? What if we recognize, oh, yeah, we may still be sitting here, but what he's wanting to kill is your influence. That's what he's shooting at, your influence, and he's going to keep checking until you are dead. Oh, my God, this series is going to get better. Somebody say, help him, Jesus. Look at verse number 14, "You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid." Some Did you hear what I just said? You, you. you are the light of the world. If you are the light of the world, why are we judging the world for being so dark? My God. Oh, my God. Can I just bring y'all into my convictions this morning? If, if you, but it makes us feel better when we can blame it on the sheriff's department. When we can blame it on the, 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 uh, the, the serving sheriff or his deputies. It makes us feel better that this place would be safer if y'all were doing your job. May I submit to you, it would be a whole lot safer if we were doing. We would be a whole lot safer, amen, if we were going into the spirit realm and binding the devil that sent that man into that building that day. Oh, does anybody want to assume some responsibility of the power of the church? Oh, but no, we're too busy fighting one another to fight him. My God, I need some help. Somebody, please help me. Amen. We're, we're too busy. Amen. Being an accuser of the brethren, talking about garbage, sowing discard in our churches. Come on now. I'm just preaching as a whole. We got to go somewhere. Amen. When you go to the doctor, he has to poke where it hurts. Somebody say, ouch. Amen. He's come in and he's slaughtering the influence of the church while we're content with half-filled buildings and a little bit of the glory every now and then rather than the visitation from heaven that turns this place upside down. Is anybody listen to me? Amen. If we get this thing right, they'll have to send policemen to direct the traffic in front of this church. Because people want to have an experience with God. God I'm coming up. We're coming up. You 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 you're the light. My God, quit fussing at the darkness and build the light. Build the light. Stir up the light. Stir it up, amen. It's fireplace season. My wife loves this season. I got a poker, amen, and I'm constantly poking. And every time I poke that dead fire, something happens, amen. Reach over and start poking on somebody. There you go, poke them. Poke them. Stir up. There's something in us. There's a fire that has to be stirred up. Your light is getting so dim that darkness is comfortable in our community. I don't know if y'all ready for this this morning, amen. Darkness flees. When the light shines. name light don't ask the darkness. Can I come in? He just comes in. He just comes in. And everywhere he's present, light, uh, darkness cannot abide. I'm telling you, the devil, I got to bring responsibility back to the church on this foundational message right here. Amen. You are the salt. Come on, somebody say it with me. I'm the salt. I'm the light. I'm the salt. I'm the light. I'm the wisdom of God manifested. Come on, go with me. I'm the wisdom of God manifested. In other words, I'm his only point of reference. My God, you got to get that. I am the only point of reference that a sinner has of who my God is. I don't even know if y'all can receive that. I'm the only point of contact that they can look at my, your life and say, now I know how good God is. Now I know how merciful God is. I need a point of contact. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the beauty. We beheld the glory through flesh. You're the only point of reference. The church is the only point of reference. Quit waiting on another government program to fix somebody. The government has broke itself trying to do the church's job. I said, the government has broke itself trying to do the church's job. Why? They got the right idea. They just don't have the right anointing. Hey! I said, they got the right idea. They just don't have the right anointing. Amen. Only the church is anointed to destroy the works of the devil. You're the light of the world. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Somebody say it's time to lift the church back up. Come on, you got to get this. It's time to put the church back. I feel that. It's time to put the church back. We've put it under a bushel of governmental uh, programs and mindsets and ideologies. It's time to put the church back up there. Amen. We've tried to cure our families with the light of another source. we got to put the church back up there. The church is the answer to divorce. The church is the answer to broken families. The church is the answer to addiction. The church... Church. We gotta put it we gotta get it out from under here. He said if the salt loses its if it loses its voice, if it loses its influence, if you put the light in a dark place, darkness is gonna do what darkness does. I guarantee if I had Ken Trail back there turn all them lights on, darkness wouldn't hang around and say, well, (laughs) reckon we ought to go in there? He's standing out there. Oh my god, are y'all listening to me? He's out there somewhere. I don't know where darkness goes. Uh it just disappears when light. But if he was turning them lights on, it would take over immediately. So the devil said, all I gotta do is put the light out. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick it gives light to all that in their house. Let your light shine in such a way that they may see. My God, how do you expect them to act any different when they're so blind? My God, how do you expect them to act any different when they're stumbling around in darkness just trying to survive, trying to make it from day to day, trying to be as good as they know how to be, but they're blind? Is anybody listening to me? How can we condemn them for stumbling and falling when we won't lift up the light? Let your light shine in such a way that they could see. Let them see, let them see for themselves. Praying for a demonstrative, a demonstrative gospel. I don't want to preach anymore without demonstration of the supernatural. Are, are y'all with me? I don't want to be a part of a church anymore that's just all truth and no demonstration. I didn't make a mistake when I said that. I'm going to say it again. Thank God for truth, but truth needs demonstration of a grace that brings restoration and healing and power that comes right up. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Truth without the demonstration is a, it it, it kills. The letter will kill, but we've come, we become content with all of our teachings. Am I okay this morning? Now you see why I buttered y'all up with all them accolades, huh? <laughs> hey, some people here wants to go with us. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So today is the beginning of a series of teaching that, we will be, uh, that has begun. And it's going to be directed towards restoring the greatness of the church. You got to write that in your notes. And here's the reason why. It's going to be a series so I don't have to preach real long. I'll try to cut them down. <laughs> Here's the reason why, if you don't understand catch this now if you don't understand the power, the purpose and the divine influence of the church, you'll not understand its importance. <laughs> just, just write down, it's important. If you don't understand the power of the purpose and the divine influence of the church, you'll not understand its importance. And then number two, you'll not understand why there is such opposition against it. Somebody say it with me out loud one more time. I am the church. No wonder the devil fights you every Sunday morning. No wonder the devil wants you to pull away from the church. No wonder the devil wants to stir up a stink in the church. No wonder the devil wants to be an accuser of the brethren and starts whispering in your ear something about somebody else. Amen? No wonder. You may think it's not important if I make it tonight. It's not important if I be faithful to the church. Amen? Because we don't realize the importance of it. Our enemy is capitalizing on it. Josh will be teaching along this line. Uh, won't you, Josh? Yes, sir, he said. He said it. I could feel it. And he'll probably give you statistics of how, amen, that when teenagers get old enough, they leave the church. And most Christians don't think it's important to be a part of a church no more. Why? Because we don't understand the importance of a church. And if it's not important, oh, my God. Can I just talk to you? I'll preach next week. Amen. Because the purpose of a thing establishes the value of a thing. Therefore, if you don't really understand its purpose, you can't even establish value. So when you understand and establish value, it no longer matters if you feel like going. Don't feel like going? Really? I don't feel like eating sometimes. My wife said, really? I don't know if she meant that about me or about her. But I understand the value of it, so when I lose my appetite, I still have to eat. Are you following me? But if I don't understand the importance of church, amen, then then he can detour me with any little thing because that's just something we do on Sunday morning when it's convenient. Oh, my God, this is going to get, it's going to go south. Amen. Somebody shout, we love you, Pastor. <laughs> so, so you can't establish the value because you don't understand the purpose. So when your enemy understands the purpose and the value of a thing better than you do, he will fight harder to destroy it than you'll fight to preserve it. Oh, my God. I said, when the enemy understands the value and the importance of a thing better than you do, he'll fight harder to stop it than you will fight to preserve it. Mm. Some of you don't even understand or even recognize that your, your, your adversary, the devil, is fighting to neutralize you because you don't even understand the value of you. Oh my God, that's where I need to teach, ain't it? Come on, right there. Amen. I'm just little old Alicia. You know, who Who knows if I'm there or not? Who cares if I'm, come on, can I just teach this morning? Who knows if I'm there or not? Who cares if I'm just little old me and I don't understand my value, amen, that it's not a big deal for me not to be there this morning or at this Bible study or in this fellowship at night because I'm just little old me. But when you realize if I don't show up, they're going to lose the game. Oh my God, somebody help me. If I don't show up, Amen. There's going to be an avenue. When Nehemiah built the walls, he put this family by this family. By this family, by this family. And I may not be doing what you're doing, but I'm going to be a brick in this wall. Somebody ought to shout, with the church. And I'm going to be standing in my place. I may not say anything. I may not do anything. But the enemy will not come through a vacant spot. Uh, God, because I am a living stone in a living church, amen, and I may not contribute nothing but a sacrifice of praise, but God's going to get the honor healed that it is due him from this block. How, oh, my God, is anybody listening to me? Somebody shake your neighbor tell them you're valuable. You're valuable, but I'm not even, I'm not even a starter. I'm not even, I'm not even, are you listening to me? Amen. God don't have no beach warmers. We're all starters. Somebody ought to help me. We're all starters. Amen. We may have different roles, and if you don't start understanding your value, your enemy is going to capitalize on it. Ain't no big deal. My God, I'm trying to help somebody. I, I got I to get there. I got to be there. Huh? I ain't feeling real good, I, I, but I got to be there. Huh? <laughs> somebody asking, wow, what do you do? You preach? No, I don't preach, <laughs> but I'm a brick in that house. And you start pulling bricks out. See double. both sides. You start pulling bricks out, and this house is coming down. Is anybody in this place with me? So I promise you, I'm going to be standing in my place. I'm going to be built. See, if I could just help you right here, a lot of us miss church for a whole lot of things because of a a, a depreciation of this thing. Every Sunday you have to go into a worship service whether you go to church or not, and you're going to worship that thing or you're going to worship. I'm going to say that again. Amen. Amen. It's determined. You can say what you want to say. Oh, my spirit was there. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Somebody pray for me right here. Amen. Sometimes I'd rather, if you're going to bail out, take your spirit. Don't send that thing up here, please. Come on, y'all. We got to laugh a little bit. Please, if you're going to go fishing, take your spirit with you. Amen. Amen. because you don't understand the value of the assembling of yourselves together. Let us forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more so. Somebody shout, more so. Amen. We're trying to get out of more, church. And the writer said you ought to be doing it more and more and more as you see the day approach. Does anybody believe Jesus is coming? Amen. Amen. I can't tell you when he's coming, but I can give you another profound statement if you want to tweet me. He's one day closer than he was yesterday. Oh, God. Drop, Drop the mic. <laughs> uh. You don't understand the value. So, Satan can tell you anything and you'll lay out. Satan, come come on now. I'm just trying to help somebody. He can tell you anything. Why? Because your Bible says he's an accuser of the brother. Because every good, red blooded Christian needs a good excuse to bail out. You can't just bail out for no reason, you're too proud for that. I need a good excuse. Satan says, bingo. I got a billful full of them. Oh, don't even talk about the billfold. What was I thinking? <laughs> I'll just give you every excuse in the world so that when you're at home sulking and pouting, you got a good, you got something to prop your feet up with. My God, that preacher's preaching. Huh? Huh? It covers up the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's saying, you ought not be acting like that. You Oh, somebody help me, because it ain't the preacher you're worshiping. Or maybe that's what this is all about, to see where your true measure of devotion is to. And a lot of times it ain't the preacher you're worshiping, it's you. My God, this is good stuff. We finna build a church. Jesus finna build His church. I just need somebody to get on board with me. He's finna build a church, and I'm telling you, they'll block traffic to get to it when His church gets built. And you start realizing you are valuable. You are valuable. I'm teaching on Wednesday night now. Me and me and this young man right here, oh Austin, that's a teaching son of a gun. We're going in another direction, but we taught on, taught on commitment. Amen. We need commitment to a body again. To it, don't matter about my comfort. It doesn't matter about my attitude, and my disposition. No matter what I want or di- don't want, I'm committed. I'm so committed. I'm faithful. I'll be there. I'm pouring into our praise team right now. It don't matter anymore if you feel like worshiping, because if that's the case, you're 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 a, a self-worshiper. We worship God when we don't feel like why? Not simply because he deserves it. Paul and Silas was in inner My God, you helped me this morning. They were in the inner prison, beaten, and going to be killed the next day. And they begin to sing praises unto God and begin to worship him, not because of what he was doing or not doing, but because of what he did do. He wrote his, he wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life, and he blotted my name out of the scrolls of hell. So, uh, so I come to worship. Come to worship. My God, I got to make a few more points. I'll let you out of here. We don't understand the value of church anymore, so as a result, it's not a big deal. When, was it Habakkuk or Haggai said, If you will build my house, I'll build your house. You're running around trying to heal relationships make relationships and make things work at the expense of God's house. God said if you'll turn that around and start spending your time, money, and energies in my house, amen, I'll just fix your house for you. And can I tell you, there is no carpenter like Jesus. Huh? Yeah, you're, you're trying to expand your your, your your revenue. God bless you. I'm proud of you. Amen. But when you expand your career at the expense of relationship with Christ, you have just demoralized and you have shot your career in the foot. But when we'll put Christ first and build his house and be committed to his house and committed to his body, he said, I'll build while you are sleeping." Oh god. He said I'll build it. I'm the living proof. I'm the testimony that he'll build it. And when he builds it, it'll be built right. First, I tried to do it in my own in the flesh. And then second, I tried to do it with my work. Even after I was saved and I become a workaholic, I worked uh, 16, 18 hours a day. And when I wasn't in the woods working, I was looking for timber to buy. And then I was doing this and phone calling and phone calling, building a little empire for my family. Amen. And all the while it was destroying me and the family I was building for. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Until God put me, Nathan, on the flat of my back. Hey Amen. I thought I was having a heart attack. And that doctor finally told me, said, man, you just overworked. You're a workaholic. So I just started working on his house. And lo and behold, he started working on my house. But if you don't understand proper value, are you all still with me? If you don't, we don't restore the value to this thing. We don't understand the importance of this thing, we start diminishing the value. Can I tell you, you, your enemy understands the value of prayer more than you do. And I can tell you how. I can tell. Somebody just wave at me. Amen. Because if you valued prayer as much as the devil does, you would fight as hard to keep it as he fights to take it. Whoa, God, that's good stuff. Your 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 enemy understands the value of worship. If you really understood the value of worship, you would fight as hard to keep it as the enemy fights to take it. It's not important. They're going to sing a few songs. Hurry up, I want to hear Pastor preach. <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? Thank you for that preposterous laugh. huh? Rather than realize God inhabits the praises of his people. We'll get to preaching in a minute. But right now, I got to build a throne for the Father to sit on. Amen. I got to pull up the chair. I got to pull up the throne. Amen. And I really ain't feel like him, but I'm going to get these hands in the air because I understand the value of it. He said, enter into his courts with praise and into his gates with faith. Is anybody in this house this morning? Somebody shout. We got to restore the greatness of the church. Church shouldn't be a spontaneous worship. There's somewhere over there jumping and everybody's watching the show. Amen. Worship ought to be a corporate expression of a body who knows. It ought to be a corporate expression that my hands ain't the only thing worshiping. They something in my feet. Woo! But we don't understand the value of it. Depreciation has set into this house. And I just wonder what the appraisal would be if we were to appraise the worthiness of our God by your worship. What if there's an angel doing an appraisal on how big God is to you every Sunday? Huh? <laughs> well, I don't see no expression. No hands lifted, no hands clapping, no lift up your voice with a shout of triumph. There's no dance in the feet. Gabriel, are they dead? <laughs> Maybe we ought to go check their pulse. Come on, I'm just laying a foundation. And yesterday I, stood, I, I sat 46 rows high. <laughs> Young and old, some of them so old they couldn't hardly get up the steps. I'm getting in on this worship service. Somebody said we got to raise the value, we got to raise because our enemy understands the value of the thing better than we do. When I understand how valuable it is, I'll tell myself, you get behind me today because I'm going to enter into his, his, his presence with a gift. I'm coming into this house with a worship. I'm coming because he deserves it. And you know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. Hear me. i got to make this point. I'm not even getting started here. Then we're going to have to get out of here. The enemy understands the purpose and the value of the church. The church, catch this, I'm going to help you, is such an element of opposition to the enemy of God that when you become a part of it, you become a target of the enemy. I'm going to say that again. The church is such an element of opposition to the enemy of God that when you become a part of the church, you become a threat to the enemy. Therefore, you become an object of attack. That ought to help somebody. I thought when I got saved, everything going to be hunky-dory. Yeah, right. No, when you got saved, you joined the only thing that can stop him. You join the only thing that is a threat to him. So he's going to attack. He's going to do everything. Matter of fact, the scripture says, if the, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, they would love you. Amen. If you were of the world, they would love you. But because you're not of the world, I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Satan hates you because you're a part of something that will tear his kingdom down. Oh, my God, are you listening to me? You're a part of something that will tear his kingdom down. You're a part of the only thing that can turn this world around. You, the church. So no wonder all the churches are divided. No wonder there's so much infighting in the body of Christ. He said, all I got to do is stop them people. All I got to do is kill their influence. That's what the temptation of sin is all about. If he can get you failing in front of the people that God has sent you to represent, he destroyed your influence. I ain't going to that church. I won't be a part of that church. Bunch of hypocrites down there. Isn't it amazing that one of you can be a hypocrite and then everybody becomes hypocrites? You ever notice that? I ain't going to have that bunch of hypocrites just because you acted like a fool, Nathan. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to trying to teach you something. If you don't believe what I just said, you don't believe the concept. We are a body. My hand can't act a fool and did not reflect on the body. Are you following me? I mean, watch this when I slap him. <laughs> we want to slap and then separate ourselves from the action. As if we are holy, but my hand messed up. Oh my God. Somebody say it don't work like that. Somebody say the church is important. Yeah, tell your neighbor you gotta quit acting like a fool. amen why because you represent a body and it's a reflection upon us so if it's a reflection on the body who's the head I don't know if this is deep or too simple for you to get your mind wrapped around it amen so if I understand the importance of the integrity of the church it ought to change Scott how I operate outside the church Amen? Why? Because I understand the value of it. And sometimes my hand may want to do what it shouldn't do, but because I understand the value and the importance and the purpose of the church, I just cannot do it. Oh my God, I'm teaching you something this morning. Amen. Because I'm a part of a body. And I represent. Somebody shout represent. Man, I have got so far to go, but I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit. My prayer for us this morning is that we will begin to raise the value of the church. Here's the problem in closing. We have a self-deceptive appraisal system, and we're still trying to convince ourselves how important the church is, but our faithfulness to the church is actually an indictment against us. You, 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 we we want to convince ourselves, I'm committed to it. I'm committed to <clears throat> I love the church. I'm committed to the church. I love the body. I'm a part of the body. But our own lack of commitment is really showing the measure of the value we put on it. Did y'all receive that? That's the only real judge. It's called works. And when we get to heaven, the Bible says you're not going to be judged by your intentions. You're going to be judged by your works. You're gonna be judged by your actions. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org.